This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Local officials have some good news when it comes to the Omicron surge. I am very, very pleased to say that we have formally passed the Omicron peak here in the city of Chicago. However, we are a long way from being out of the woods. So what does that mean for you? Every week on the show, we talk with Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease specialist with Dooley Health and Care. And she joins us to help answer all of our and your COVID questions. Welcome back to Reset, doctor. Hey, Sasha. So we learned last week that uh, the Omicron surge is now peaking in Illinois. What does this mean? Well, it's a good thing in general. You know, we've reached the point where our case counts are, um, you know, at a point where they're going to start having a downturn or getting back down to a positivity rate that is far more livable in society without so many restrictions and so many things uh, that we've had to worry about, especially over the last little bit of time. To be clear, across the country, 25% of all cases of COVID have happened in the last That's how much of a surge Omicron was. So we know in the Northeast and here in the Midwest, we're definitely seeing still down in the South. Dr. uh, A single day of time. Yeah. We are having some connection issues with you. Uh, I'm wondering if we should reconnect. I let's can just hear make you sure. just fine. I don't know if you can hear me. Well, that sounds better. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let let me ask you another question, and if it sure. if it starts yeah. to act up again, because I always want to make sure that folks can hear you and and get this very important information. Um, talk to us about um, hospitals. Uh, positivity rates we know are on the decline, but what are they still struggling with at the hospitals? So at the hospitals, we are still seeing cases coming in. You know, the vast majority of people coming in are going to be those who are unvaccinated or undervaccinated and have some significant health issues. We also know that the hospitalizations will lag behind the case counts. So while we're seeing a peak in case counts, the hospitalization peak is going to come hopefully in the next week or so. We're starting to see some downtrends for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, even week to week, this Monday looks a lot different than my last Monday looked. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a few weeks also since uh, the city enforced a vaccine mandate at restaurants and other public spaces. Might we see any changes in the mask mandates? Um, too soon to tell, but yes, I, I think that once we can string together, usually about two weeks. Dr. Termina, let's let's try dialing you back. We might just have a bad connection. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Uh, we are talking with our weekly guest, infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Termina. She usually joins us on Mondays at this time on the program, and she gives us a rundown on the latest pandemic news at that point. She answers my COVID questions, some of yours. We always ask you to email us or leave voicemail messages with your questions, and we try to weave them in as best we can into the conversation. Uh, Top of mind today with uh, Dr. Teramina is uh, the Omicron surge and the the fact that the city has reached its peak uh, with the Omicron surge. So we're finding out from the doctor what exactly that means for us. Is it truly a peak? Have we reached it? Are we going to see any changes to vaccine mandates and mask mandates? Does this change anything in our day-to-day lives? So we are trying to get a handle of that. 
by checking in with Dr. Teramina. Now, I believe she might be reconnected. Dr. T, you there? I'm here. Sorry about that, Sasha. Don't know why that keeps happening to us. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, a, it's a weekly ritual now. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, no worries. Uh, uh, you sound much better. Uh, so, so talk to me about this peak. We've reached the peak. The, the safety measures uh, that you think that Chicagoans sh- should still prioritize then? If we're still hanging no on way. to mask mandates, we're still doing vaccines, what else? And that's what it is. It's just those layered mitigations here. I think at this point, we, we really, we are so close to them hopefully stating definitively that this is really a three vaccine series for the vast majority of people. So if you haven't got your booster, I, at this point, I don't necessarily even think we can consider ourselves to be fully vaccinated unless, you know, it's been less than six months and you're not eligible for that third dose yet. So that's priority number one. We know that everyone who's eligible for a booster needs to get a booster shot. Um, In addition, we still have to keep on wearing these masks for a while longer. Uh, This week, we should be able to have access to um, free N95 masks being distributed at some commercial pharmacies. Mm -hmm. So get your hands on some of those and continue wearing them as we weather coming down the back end of this uh, current spike. Well, I heard you say something that I've got to touch on again how are we defining fully vaccinated, doctors? Is the new standard three doses? I really want it to be, but it's not up to me. Um, we are we're really close. I'm not sure exactly what's holding everyone from making that formal statement. Um, but right now, at this moment, you are still considered to be fully vaccinated with two doses of an mRNA vaccine or a single dose of Johnson & Johnson. But the disparity that we're seeing in hospitalizations and even clinical illness when you've, quote-unquote, only had two doses is just fairly huge. I mean, three doses are really our best protection against Omicron. Let's get to a few listener questions here. We got this call on our voicemail from Jennifer in Beverly. My daughter had COVID over the holidays, uh, right before Christmas and right before her scheduled booster. So I'm wondering how long we need to wait before she gets the booster shot in order to maximize the effectiveness of the booster, but not waiting too long until she's exposed again. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer, for that question. Doctor? Well, at this moment in time, pretty much everything circulating is Omicron. So the chances of getting reinfected with Omicron in short order are are small, but not impossible in theory. And of course, there are still some small numbers of other variants that are still circulating. So I prioritize getting that booster shot right after recovery. As soon as the individual who's had COVID is completely feeling better, it's been at least 10 to 14 days, go ahead and get that booster shot. There's no need to wait. Um, If you desire to wait, don't wait too long. About three months at the maximum is what will have reliable uh, high levels of antibody from recovery. We talked a moment ago about those uh, free N95 masks from the government, uh, doctor. What, what about folks, you know, in the meantime who don't have N95 masks? Can double masking be effective? So double masking can be effective. There have been studies showing that. Um, You want to make sure that you have one really good fitting mask, and that's going to be ideal. And and right now, at this time, we are saying goodbye to those cloth masks and really looking at a surgical mask as being a better option. And if you are to double mask, again, making sure that the mask is over your nose, under your chin, not any gaps that are present, Um, and hopefully getting your hands on some N95s, which are clearly the superior product at this time. 
Former CDC director Dr. Tom Frieden said, I think if we do it right, we're going to have a 2022 in which COVID doesn't dominate our lives so much. Does current evidence and, and projections support that, Dr. Termina? And and what is so. and what is do it right? Ahead. I think all of us are cautiously optimistic. Yeah. What what does um, do it right either either from an individual or um, a public health standpoint look like even? So I think on an individual standpoint, there's definitely going to be some attention paid toward everyone's individual risk. Um, and if you have chronic health issues, if you have situations that lead you to be somebody who's at greater risk for a more severe COVID infection now or in the future, I think the important part is going to be to be mindful of when you need a booster shot, if you need a booster shot, if the future tells us that we may need to have COVID-specific boosters, that's going to be something that we need to pay attention to as well. And if you're somebody who may need to wear a mask in seasons to come when it's flu season or virus season um, and it might not uh, uh, affect the person with a perfectly intact immune system, but it might affect you in a different way. Mask wearing might be something that is normalized well into the future. And from a public health standpoint, I think it's all about increased access to testing, increased access to uh, vaccines and continued boosters for those who need them, and the therapeutics that are available. I mean, we want to prevent the infection first and foremost, but when and if someone becomes sick, we can't have a scarcity of the available therapeutics that work so well for our patients if we can get our hands on them. And that's going to make a big difference, too. Dr. Termina, we, we got a call from Linda in Florida. She says her three-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter got COVID over the holidays and has since recovered. Uh, at her young age, she's, of course, not vaccinated, but Linda wants to know if it would be safe for her granddaughter to travel to visit her in Florida next month, factoring in any immunity that she might have uh, from having just recovered from the virus. What's your advice? Sure. I mean, certainly a COVID-recovered young child who's not eligible for vaccine is going to have more protection than a child that has not yet had COVID. So, you know, within reason, if that child is otherwise not immune-suppressed and uh, all the grandparents are doing well and whoever is going to be visiting adult-wise has been pretty good about uh, mask wearing and certainly has their vaccines and boosters, that's going to be a low-risk scenario with a a COVID-recovered young one visiting grandparents within a couple of months of infection. Here's another one about risk, an email that came in from Barbara in Evanston. She's trying to do her part here. Uh, she's attending a 99th birthday party tomorrow. It's going to have six people in total. All of them are over the age of 60. All of them are vaccinated. All of them have the booster shot. Uh, most of the guests, though, have recently had mild COVID cases, but they've quarantined and they've all since tested negative. Can they now sit together at the dinner table unmasked? They should be able to. They've really gone through every possible level of trying to keep this as safe as possible. And, you know, adding in the fact that they have completed their isolation period and retested negative, that's a good thing. So if everyone is feeling well, everyone is fully recovered with documented negative testing as an added, you know, reassurance, I think that that's probably the safest possible scenario. Let's hear one final question on our voicemail. Uh, Let's listen to Brian and Hazelcrest. My question is about COVID-19 mutations and unvaccinated people. I have heard that unvaccinated people are driving mutations in the COVID-19 virus. Could you have the doctor please explain how someone who purportedly has no immunity against the virus as they're not vaccinated 
will cause the virus to uh, mutate. Thank you, Brian. Doctor, can you explain that for a bit? So, Brian, to be clear, any COVID infection gives us the possibility of mutations occurring. So what happens when someone is unvaccinated is likely to uh, have infection that the virus is able to set up shop and shed a little bit longer. So that longer duration of shedding before any available antibodies, if you're fully vaccinated, can, you know, kind of stop that uh, breakthrough infection a little bit sooner. Just plain gives more time and more replication cycles of the virus to allow for mistakes to happen. So it's just, it has to do with the fact that there's a more prolonged duration of shedding in somebody who's unvaccinated. You know, we know that fully vaccinated people are, are less likely to become symptomatically ill, they're less likely to catch COVID, and they're, you know, less likely to hopefully pass COVID to other fully vaccinated people. There's always going to be instances of breakthrough infections, but when it comes to mutations, all infections have the potential to uh, be what creates the next circulating variants that cause us a concern. That was Dr. Mia Termina, infectious disease specialist with Dooley Health and Care. Thank you again, doctor. Have a great week. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.